Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is The Odd Man. Greetings to Salutations, I'm Audley Stevenson, and thank you for being here on the Audacious Living Podcast. This, of course, is the most audacious podcast, hands down, the internet has to offer, and I appreciate you taking some time out of your day and joining us as we continue our ongoing goal of helping you live your best audacious life ever. Uh, We're on social media, and as I always do, I encourage you to connect with us uh, through our channels. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle The Audacious Pod, and then over on Facebook, if you type in The Audacious Living Podcast in the search engine, you'll find us there as well. And then finally, on our YouTube channel, if you click the notification bell, you'll be immediately alerted every time we've got brand new content that comes out. So uh, just uh, one of the many ways uh, to stay connected to us is simply like, follow, subscribe, and share. And uh, let's keep that good old conversation of audaciousness going. Now on uh, uh, today's episode, David Meltzer uh, is our guest and it's an absolute pleasure to have him join me here on the Audacious Living Podcast. Uh, Dave is is a successful entrepreneur. He's a speaker and author uh, who's made it his life's mission to empower others, to empower others to be happy. And from, you know, and, and from that, uh, you know, he's created what I refer to as a lofty goal, and that goal is to empower over a billion people to be happy. <laughs> now, let me repeat that again. Dave's goal is to empower over a billion people to be happy. You know, let that sink in because that's what I call a big lofty goal and you're gonna hear more about that uh, from during my chat uh, with David um, you know he's got this uh, profound ability to, to look inwards and you'll hear him talk about the significance of practicing things like gratitude and demonstrating empathy for others and being accountable uh, to others and ourselves you know all of these are important traits that you know Dave not only regularly practices in his own life but he uses them to empower others as well um, You know, one of the things that stands out uh, about David is he really puts an emphasis on providing value. And it's for that reason why I think listeners are going to walk away with some great insights from our conversation. He absolutely will provide the value. I I, I promise that. So without any further ado, this is where I'm going to stop talking and give you a chance to hear from my conversation with Dave Meltzer. Enjoy. So, I, I mean, Dave, I mean, I'm not, I don't need to get into a big, long introduction, if you will. I just like to have a, a conversation. And I'll say off the bat, I've been told, I've been warned not to ask you to rap. So if you have a, a, a deep desire to spit a few bars, I'm asking you to refrain that, if you don't mind. But uh, I really appreciate you, you, you being here. Um, I admire of your work and, 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 and what, you, what, you know, what you continually put out. 
Um, uh, I think the value that you you make you you make it very intentional about providing to others is phenomenal. So I just want to start off say thank you for that and, and congratulations. I think you're doing a phenomenal job. Thank you very much, and it's a pleasure to be here and an honor to be here to be able to utilize this platform as well to empower people. So I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. So let, let's talk about the value, Dave. Where did, where did that start for you in terms of making that your mission to, to give in the way, in the manner that you do? Because uh, your, your time, energy, resources, phenomenal amount that you do give. And I want to know where that started for you. You know, it's a transformational thing. It's evolved over time with different intentions. So when I grew up poor, my intention of giving was my mom told me the more that I gave, the more I would receive. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to buy her a house and a car. That was a the thing I wanted to give. The problem was, uh, you know, I thought everything was a negotiation or a trade that there was a limited amount of things in the world because I lived in a world of not enough. So uh, in a world of not enough, there must not be enough for everyone because I didn't have what I wanted. And I caught my mom crying about things that would break down. Or in fact, the only time we had any stress in our family, any time that we weren't happy was because of a financial uh, a problem or a financial, you know, stress. So, you know, that's evolved over time. I think the lesson that I missed that has changed over the last 16 years, and especially over the last four years, is I evolved to the point where, you know, I would say to people, you know, it's not the more you give, the more you receive. I evolved to a point where it's the more you receive, the more you can give. Mm. But instead of, especially in the last four years, even negating it, Here's what I've come up with, and it's really resonating with me. So if you have this much, Uh for those that can't see me, I'm putting my hands like 12 (laughs) inches apart. You have 12 inches of something, and then you appreciate it. That means you add value to it. Yes. Then you have maybe 16 inches of something. Now, when you give that 16 inches away, you acknowledge, you acquire the knowledge of what you've had. But what remains is a void of 16 inches instead of 12 inches. So- what I've evolved to is that you need both. The more I receive, the more I can give, but the more you give, you now can refill the larger vessel right. uh, to receive more. And then the component of appreciation. Mm-hmm. See, so many people don't add value to what they have. Right. They take it for granted. I keep telling people, don't take for granted what other people wish for. Mm-hmm. And to this point today, I still do an inventory check on what am I taking for granted right. that other people are wishing for? And it happens, you know, with the pandemic, yep. breath, breath is one of them. You know, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how long I've gone just taking for granted that I'm breathing. Right. So many people are having difficulty breathing today. And mm-hmm. I am appreciating that, adding value to that. And of course, giving away that advice about health. Mm-hmm. Is, is, I wanted those conversations like Dave for those individuals that struggle with this idea of, of giving away as a, as a, you know, in order to get, I mean, that's, that's tough for people to, to be able to tell them if you give this away, you'll get a whole lot more in return. That's, that's not an easy thing to accept. Yeah. Well, it takes faith, right? And yeah. where my faith uh, has really risen is that, you know, having children for me changed the entire perspective. I always say perspective is my co-pilot, you know? And so uh, my perspective, my co-pilot changed when I had children because someone mentioned to me, and I think it may have been Joel Osteen when I visited him. Uh-huh. I'm a huge Joel Osteen fan. So mm-hmm. whether you are or not, I really don't care, but I, I like his message. I like, I like him too. I'm gonna like him too. <laughs> yeah, I like his message. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he said to me, you know, Dave, the way you feel about your 11 year old son, I think I was bragging about my 11 year old. He says, the things you would do for your 11 year old son. And I would, 
like my mom, I would lie in front of a bus. I would do, I give my life for my children. Sure. And uh, I would give everything to them. He said, you know, there is a omniscient being that is all powerful, an omniscient being that knows everything, unlike you, an ignorant, humble person who knows that they don't know, but there's this omniscient, all power being that feels the same way mm. about you. Wow. And when you realize that, if you have faith, and I do, I, I, it's amazing how easy it is to give away everything. Right. Because just like my children could give away everything and they know no matter what, I'd be there to refill sure. whatever they have given away. There's a more omniscient, more all-powered being than me to my children taking care of me and my children. And that has just fueled yeah. me with confidence, clarity, and balance in my life to give everything away and inspire me to the more difficult thing to believe, which is I'm worthy of everything I receive. Yeah. That's a bigger issue for people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what it also does is you now inspire others to go and do the same, right? If you can show others that I've given, you know, I've, I've, I've attained wealth, whatever, all these things, and now I'm doing the same, you know, now we're spreading the love in a major way, right? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because people ask me what my strategy is about giving everything away, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. My books, my guides, my exercises, my trainings, I yeah. just do it. And I, I said, it's not my strategy is to find what other people are charging for and figure out how I can give it for free. Gotcha. And gotcha. somehow the refilling takes place with the faith that I have, knowing three things. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I have everything I need. I'm at the right place at the perfect time. I do utilize the law of Goya. You know, I, I am a firm believer in taking action. So I get off my ass every day. I will, I will line up my productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. Those three things with anybody in the world, yeah. my productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. And then I implement the law of allowance, the law of faith, the law of attraction, as some gotcha. people refer to it. Those are the three laws that all combine together to allow me to give everything away. Got you. Got you. You, you. you just touched on gratitude. And I would imagine that you've learned a lot uh, through your experiences dealing with bankruptcy and business, uh, you know, the ups and downs of, of just regular life and gratitude, you know, is a pervasive in everything that you've done. I wonder if you sort of talk about the significance of that in your world. It's so funny because, you know, I talk at a very high complex level at times. In fact, I would say the, the one thing that I'm working on is it's not what I say, it's what people hear. And I want to speak mm. to a frequency that people can understand, not in some metaphysical or quantum physical terminology yeah. there, but like, what the hell did Dave Meltzer say? <laughs> uh, but out of everything that I teach, the one thing that resonates most with everyone is a simple way to change your life, which is to say thank you before you go to bed and thank you when you wake up. See, thank you or gratitude is a superpower. It allows you to find the light, the love, and the lessons and everything. It allows you to expand, grow, and accelerate. It allows you to plateau and grow every day, not mm -hmm. start the day at the bottom of the hill. Gratitude mm -hmm. is, you know, an amazing feat. If you can say thank you, which, by the way, saying thank you takes about 0.1 seconds and it's free. Okay. Uh, okay. So there's the, the least amount of resistance and the yep. least amount of effort needed. But yet, if you could say thank you for 30 straight days, mm -hmm. I guarantee your life would change for the better exponentially, not just a little bit better, like quantitatively, wow. exponentially better. And I have more people affirming, reaffirming and confirming this to be true, not just normal followers and engagement and yep. ambassadors of mine, but 
everyone on the Transformational Leadership Council that I work with, the Bob Proctors and the Mary Morrisseys, the Oprah yes. Winfrey's and the Deepak Chopra's and the Saad Gurus and the whoever you, Tony Robbins, of course, and yep. everyone's talking gratitude, but yet we are so far in our own way that by tonight, with all those people, all the physics, quantum physics and metaphysics that I've studied, by tonight, mm -hmm. Most people, right? Half of us won't say thank you. By tomorrow morning, mm -hmm. another half of us won't say thank you. Within three days, almost all of us, even though we know this to be true, yep. even though we've learned it when we were three years old, I guarantee you, you know, <laughs> Nana, Papa, yes. Mama, Dada, Auntie, Uncle, yep. whoever you had out there was saying, you got to say thank you. Yep. Well, even though all that, by three days from now, most of us won't say thank you. I've given you something to do for free. It takes 0.1 seconds. You've known it your whole life. It's proven by the biggest thought leaders in the world. Every yep. book, every treatise, every single Bible talks about it. And yet we are so far in resistance to what we are yeah. that we won't do it. What I mean by that is once I can shift people's paradigm that, hey, everybody out there, you are healthy. You yes. are happy, yes. you are wealthy, you are worthy. What are you doing to interfere with it? And let's use gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration to clear the interference between you and what you already are. Yeah, and, and really what you're doing, David, you're shifting the focus from what, you know, from what you don't have to what you have, right? It's, I have these things to be thankful, to be appreciative of, and that I, I did not lose, and now I have them. And, and so, yeah, so it's really shifting people's focus. And again, we talked about you know, uh, you know, things being hard for individuals. That's something, like if you're missing something, it's hard to not focus on that. You, you know what's so funny? There's three things that people focus in on. Yeah. What other people want for them, mm -hmm. right? That's what makes Instagram and TikTok so famous. Yeah. <laughs> they're focused in on what other people want for them or for yep. them. Then they focus in on what's missing, as you just suggested. Yep. Or even worse, how many people focus in on what they don't want? Not mm -hmm. just what's missing, but literally they worry, they're offended, they have a need to be right. And you know what worrying is? is? It's wishing for what you don't want. Uh, I don't want that. I don't want that question on the exam. I don't. Right. That's what comes on the exam. That question. Right. So don't <laughs> worry. It's a wasted emotion. Wishing for what you don't want. Don't wish for what other people want. What's missing or what you don't want. You'll end up getting it. Got you. Got you. Yep. Hear that loud and clear. Uh, you know, you know, David. Something that uh, you've done an incredible job at, from what I've seen, is you've been very vulnerable in terms of like, showing and as, as a way of 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 helping others and, and motivating and inspiring them. When did you become okay with doing that? Uh, because be, being vulnerable isn't always an easy thing. That would keep, I keep talking. I keep going back to the things that aren't easy. You know, being vulnerable sometimes is not. When did that you realize that there's true power in that? When I stopped trying to please everybody. Hmm. One of my biggest weaknesses is I wanted to be everything for everyone. I wanted to be a pleaser. I didn't know my own frequency. See, once I realized who I was, and I looked within to find outside of me what I wanted. I give meaning to everything I see. Then I felt comfortable explaining, you know, that I was abused sexually as a child, that I lost over a hundred million dollars, that right. I cry about how much I love my mom, how much I love my wife. Today's my 24th anniversary. Oh. And what I have found through that vulnerability of honesty of my frequency of who I am is yes, some people will laugh at me, scoff at me and make fun of me. Some people will, but guess what? they're doing me a favor because I don't want those people. That's right. Being, being invulnerable makes 
being vulnerable makes me invulnerable. It also protects me from the people I don't want in my life. Yes. Because those people not only won't come in my life because they're laughing at me, scoffing at me and make fun of me, but all the people that are around them, the like-minded people who are closed-minded, that are not honest with themselves, that they love their mom as deeply as I do. They love their wife as deeply as I do, that they've made mistakes from financial mistakes to personal mistakes, all the things that I'm vulnerable about, you know, to me, thank you. You are protecting me and you are not giving anything but energy to me by laughing at me, scoffing at me and making fun of me. I am who I am. Yes. Comfortable with it. And I'm invulnerable. I use this baby on a sidewalk thing. Okay. The most vulnerable things you can think of, nobody would attack. Nobody would attack a baby on the, even, even vicious dogs and coyotes, a baby lying on a sidewalk, you'll see they won't attack a baby lying on a sidewalk by itself. Mm. They'll help it. They'll lick it. They'll try to, they literally will. Why? Because being completely vulnerable makes you invulnerable because Mm -hmm. nobody attacks something that has no defense. And so if you create no defenses in yourself, so many other people won't feel as if you're a threat and won't attack you. And therefore those that will, they'll just protect you from others that will as well. Yes. And what I love about that, similar to when we talk about gratitude is shifting your focus, right? It's, it's from being invulnerable, from being vulnerable to invulnerable. And I think that's a important introspective sort of thing to be able to do. Yeah. You you know what I find interesting though, because I'm a huge, you know, Warren Moon has been my partner. I represent the Clemente family. I worked on the Jackie Robinson statues and I'm an inclusion and equity and equality person. But one of the things that bothers me about my my vulnerability Mm -hmm. is that, you know, I come from the corporate world, which has been mass dominated by middle-aged white men. And now that I'm vulnerable, right. I'm courageous. Right, all everybody. Oh, Dave Meltzer, that's so courageous. You know, I appreciate so, but still, yet if a woman is vulnerable, and a woman cries on stage or in the office, or and I do in, in places, right. you know, they're weak still. It, it just blows my mind yeah. that somehow I'm that whole stigma again. I'm more courageous because now right. I, I'm crying, but yet women have been far more. Uh, courageous and strong than men because they've been more honest with their feelings than we have for so long. But yet it's still, again, I put some label on being more courageous. Right, right, right. I think we, I think we got to stop listening to people. I think that's, (laughs) that's exactly it. Uh, as you talked about courageous, I mean, this is the Audacious Living podcast, and and we spot and we spend a lot of time talking about uh, how to develop that inner boldness and and how to be more audacious in life, and and really the thing that uh, we spend a lot of time talking about is when I can step forward and show my true audacious self, I can inspire others to to do the same. And so when you talk about being courageous, that's very much in line with what we're talking about here. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. We can't find in outside of us what we can't find inside, and. You know, it's such a big thing to enjoy the consistent every day, persistent without quit pursuit of your own potential. See, Mm -hmm. within the context of energetic and genetic legacy, in between the genetic and energetic inheritance that we've received, Mm -hmm. we all have different potentials. Right. And ironically enough, too, these potentials moved to different places can be seen as weaknesses or strength. Right. Determined upon where they're put. Mm -hmm. So the worst thing we can do is try to attach our emotions to an outcome of others' expectations or even ours, or create potentials that are not in our best interest or pursue potentials in our next interest. 
we, I just did a coaching call earlier today and mm-hmm. someone had a difficulty with their mom right. and was saying, you know, how can I get my mom? She, you know, I'm tired of her being my daughter. What, what I want my mom. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. What if you ask Dave Meltzer to dunk a basketball? <laughs> right. That ain't happening. You're asking your mom right. to do something that her potential in this lifetime is not going to allow her to do. Yep. So you got to meet her where she is. Mm-hmm. You got to forgive her for who she is and forgive yourself for having an attached emotion to an outcome. That's an impossibility. Right. Uh, and move that to somewhere else and allow yourself to enjoy that connection that you have with your mom or with a friend or with a coach yep. or whoever it is, you have to pursue your potential. Remember one thing about happiness. It's impossible not to be happy when you're in pursuit. Right. I, uh, Chris Gardner wrote the book pursuit of happiness. Yep. And uh, I tease him all the time. I said, you got the title wrong. You and Will Smith blew it. He said, <laughs> what are you talking about? I said, there is no pursuit of happiness. Happiness is the pursuit. You're happy when you're pursuing your nice. potential, not other people's, not what you're missing, not what you don't want. Yeah. Well, you're happy. You're excited because of the next, what the possibilities that lie ahead when you're in that space. So, so absolutely. Um, I, I, Dave, I also want to go back to the point you made around about uh, uh, recognizing sort of that greatness in others, essentially. So and use the example of the, you know, the mother and daughter, a big part of that is being able to see people for who they truly are and how, how we want to see them. It's such an important thing. I, another thing I talk about finding the light, the love and the lessons and in that quantum, I'm going to get a little bit on the metaphysical and physical side. Yeah. So I'm going to use food as analogy. Okay. When we say you and I go to the fair together and they have yep. all the, the food, you know, the big lights and the Absolutely. lineup, the corn yeah. dogs and the turkey you stick. <laughs> well, you know, we, we could walk by the chocolate covered snicker, mm-hmm. fried snicker bar. Yep. One of us, let's say me, <laughs> I could walk by and say, oh my God, that, I love that. Yep. I, even though I've never tried it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I, I, I love, I'm in love with, oh my God, I try that. You could look at it and say, oh my, st- ugh, ugh, I'm about yeah. to puke, Dave. That's disgusting. Right. This is a quantum attraction at a quantum level for whatever reason, even though both of us have never experienced it, just from our frequency, we're either turned on yes. or turned off. Yes, yes. This is true about everything. We can learn to turn on that love. We can right. find the light, the love, and the lessons. Now, the only question truly that people should be asking is, is it worth my time? Should I prioritize my time to learn to love a chocolate-covered fried Snicker bar when right next door is the corn dog and I love the corn dog already? Why would I waste my time and money trying to learn to love that? But I will tell you at a quantum level, yeah. there's love in that Snickers. There's a yes. frequency in that Snickers that everybody could find most people get lost on that different nuance of finding or learning to love what you do and putting it into a prioritization mode of should I prioritize this instead of initially just saying, I hate or I don't like, Mm -hmm. and then they create separation and they think immediately that that person, that place, that activity has no value. That's right. No love in it. And it's actually separating us because those people that like that must be less than oh that's where the judgments come in right that's where the judgments come in absolutely (laughs) absolutely no i got you loud and clear loud and clear nailed it dave what one last question and i so appreciate you you taking the time today was was awesome to 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 chat with you and and share this time uh and and i want to ask you about your 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 goal you know you want to impact a billion people 
Um, over, over, over. Oh, my apologies, my apologies. I, I, you, I, you know, I think uh, when you look at when you look at that as a lofty goal, and it's so important to you know you hear about shooting for the stars, right? And so that's exactly what you're doing. I wonder if you sort of can sort of speak to that a little bit in terms of where this came from and what does that actually look like when uh, you get to this over billion number. <laughs> Yeah, it terrified me at first. Now I'm embarrassed. That, that's why the over is so important because I think I asked for crumbs when mm. I realized how inf infinite uh, the universe is. Right. But anyway, I my 12-year-old daughter at the time lost a friend to suicide. Okay. And it shook me to my core because I could understand how drugs and alcohol, depression, CTE, PHT, PTSD, everything right. affects someone to kill themselves. A teenager, a middle-aged person. There's so many things I can yes. understand. But a 12 year old, mm -hmm. <laughs> like yep. I, 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 I couldn't get a grasp around it. It still chokes me up. Mm. And, and, I, and I knew the young girl. And, and so I was walking the beach mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, man, Dave, you, you, you have a power to, to help people. How, how can this be your mission? How can you help people learn happiness? You know, how you, you understand you've been happy when poor, you, you lost right. that, you, stay, you, you, you can teach the mindset, the heart set and the pragmatic tools to be happy. So I said, I'm walking and all of a sudden I get a calling. My, the, the electricity comes through me, yeah. it chills, the hairs raise. And I, I think about it, wow, if I could empower a billion people at that time, not over. I just said yeah, a billion. Yeah, yeah. Then I would create a collective consciousness of happiness yes. and yeah. one particle of light overcomes a million particles of darkness. I could then use this collective consciousness to change the world. Yes. All 8.6 billion people. Wow. So then I'm terrified <laughs> because it's one of these audacious things that who, who can I, I can't even tell my wife. You're talking about a guy that lost everything. Now right. I've made it back. I'm success, you know, financially successful, happy, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. And now, now that we've made it back and so happy, everything's perfect. Crazy PT Barnum's going to walk into his house <laughs> and say, Hey, I got a new mission. <laughs> you're going to love this. Just wait. You're going to love this mission. You're going to love it. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to change the world. I love it. I'm going to make everybody happy. I'm going to make over a, a, a billion people happy. <laughs> And she said, how are you going to do it? And then, of course, I said, I don't know. So <laughs> then I'm, I worked on it. And gotcha. math is my friend. Mm. Right? So perspective is my co-pilot, but math is my friend. Gotcha. In this vibration, the quantum vibration of this man-made construct called time, I use the factors that we utilize for time. So I use math. Yep. And I thought to myself, how can I do this? And then I said to myself, I know a thousand people like oddly. Okay. And I know that I can impact someone like you and teach you through the values that you already know, a few daily practices, right. a couple of mindset shifts and heart sets. And if I could inspire oddly to empower a thousand himself in his lifetime to empower a thousand, right. a thousand times a thousands, a million, a million times a thousands, a billion. When I got to the math, I still was terrified. And, you know, sure. look, I got a brother that's a famous rabbi and I could just see him saying, who do you think you are? Jesus Christ. You know, I'm on the transformational leadership council. I can see those guys saying, who do you think you are? Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey. You're like, literally, who do you think you are right, right. with this yeah. to talk about yeah. audacious? That's right. But I will tell you, 
when I stood on stages and say, my name is Dave Meltzer. I'm here to empower over a billion people to be happy. The reason I'm here is to teach you the values that I know, the daily practices in order to effectuate it, the pragmatic tools in order to effectuate the greatest gift that we're all given, mm -hmm. happiness. You are happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. I'm here to teach you to stop interfering with it. And, I, and everybody kind of looks. I say, who here thinks that I can change the world? Nobody mm -hmm. raises their hand. Right. After I speak, I say, who here thinks I can empower a thousand people to empower a thousand people to empower a thousand people with what yeah. I just taught you? Yeah. Everybody raises your hand. Then yeah. I say, do the math. And they do the math. And I say, now you're talking about a billion people. Who thinks that I can change the world? Everyone raises their hand. Who's wow. here to help me? Everybody raises yeah. your hand. Wow. And that's how I get there. That's how, why I'm here. That's why I keep doing what I'm doing because money's a renewable resource. Yes. If happiness is the greatest virus that I can spread, but it's a virus that not only when I give happiness to someone, yep. actual serotonin's released, they become happy. When they receive it, serotonin's release and they're happy. But here's the cool thing why it's mm -hmm. so viral. Mm -hmm. When people witness happiness, yep. it makes them happy. Yeah. witnessing so yeah. you could put a mask on you could put yeah. your hazmat suits on yep. you you know the the coronavirus don't have anything yep. over happiness yep. happiness you, you can't get a vaccine that's gonna stop <laughs> it buddy i need people to share the happiness of gratitude forgiveness accountability and inspiration and literally live their lives by doing the best they can learning lessons and having fun Amazing. D Dave, you are well on your way and it's a pleasure to watch. I, I thank you uh, for the work that you're doing. Uh, it's phenomenal. Your humility is outstanding the way you, you, you touch people and, and really share and the lessons are wonderful. So thank you for that. And thank you for the time today. Uh, I'm, I'm very much appreciative of, of, of you doing so. Out of curiosity, when did you make the shift from a billion to over a billion? Like, how many people were you in before you started? <laughs> like, I need to up this ad a little it was bit. More, it was more of the realization that there's trillions of universes. Gotcha. And I was limiting myself. So it was more on the explanation of why am I keep on limiting myself? Yeah. And it, it happened. Diane Cannon is a friend of mine. She was in the movie Heaven Can Wait, and we share yeah. Lakers seats. And I told her that I was going to live to 111. I was okay. born on January 11th at 111. Okay. I told her I would die on January 11th at 111 at 111. <laughs> and she got sad. And I said, why are you so sad? She goes, why are you limiting yourself? Wow. What, if, what if in the next 20 years they figure out that all human beings can live to a thousand and yep. you spend 20 years manifesting, yep. you're gonna die 889 years short of everyone else because that's what you wanted. Right. right. Wishing for yep. what you wanted. Yep. And I started and I clicked the button in my head and said, same thing with the billion people. Why am I limiting myself? So I tell people I'm going to live to over 111 and I'm going to empower over a billion of people in my lifetime to be happy, to make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. Well, you're definitely on your way, Dave. Listen, thank you uh, for the time. Glad to have you here and all the best, my friend. Thank you. What a great way to spend my anniversary. My wife and I, thank, thank you. you so much for the work you're doing. Yes, we you. appreciate your time and we look forward to doing more. Have sure. a great day. Yeah, happy anniversary to you guys. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye -bye. Thank you, team. Back we are here on the podcast and uh, it was super awesome and I really appreciate you, Dave, uh, for being so gracious with your time uh, and spending it here with us uh, as you pass along fantastic insights 
wonderful learnings and particularly since it was uh, on your wedding anniversary 24th wedding anniversary uh so again thank you for the time and and congratulations again uh to you and your wife julie on just a, a wonderful wonderful milestone you know dave left us uh with so much to, to think about but if there's just one thing i take away from our, our conversation it would be this setting big goals can be scary and sometimes, because they're so big and so scary, we, we play it safe and sell ourselves short by making it a safe and we set a goal that's not so scary. But in reality, you know, we should make that goal is as big and, uh, and uh, audacious as we possibly can. And then we go after it by putting in the work, uh, developing the system and staying consistent. Those are the necessary keys when you have a lofty goal. You got to be willing to consistently put in the time and the effort. And once you do so, you can never guarantee the results will be what you want, but you never, ever know. So set those lofty goals and then go after them. Hey, listen, if you haven't registered for email notifications of the podcast, do know that you can do so by heading over to Best audaciouslife.com all you've got to do is enter in your email address and you will be immediately alerted every time we've got new content that comes out so be sure to do that it's quick it's easy and it's the best way to stay connected uh, we of course have come to the end of another edition of the audacious living podcast and as always i want to take this time to to thank our listeners uh our lovers of audaciousness uh it's you and your tremendous support uh that keeps this podcast going so i want to say thank you and as always extend my appreciation for you being here until next time stay safe be kind show love to one another and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.